have the numbers. So we're doing things a little differently tonight after what we all thought was a pretty underwhelming reunion show. We're going to play a little game of rotating host. So what happens tonight is that each of us gets to come up with our own segment and then the rest of us are challenged to find the right answers. It's kind of like when I say go, but stretched across a full episode of We Have the Numbers. And then next week, after part two of the challenges reunion, we will finally have our We Have the Numbers award show. So that means you guys get two bonus episodes after the finale. What a treat. We can't wait. So we're just going to start things off right away. And Justin, you are the lucky first host uh, of this rotating host game. So take it away. Yeah, no, I'm very excited to lead us off. So we've all been stuck in this Zoom vacuum where we have meetings and everybody has various backgrounds behind us. For instance, I spent three months with a wall of cups behind me and people kept talking to me about the mugs that I have in our kitchen. So my question is, who had the best Zoom background for this reunion? And I'll start with Zach. Oh, thank God. I'm not used to only speaking for that short of a period of time that start off the episodes or honestly in any facet of my life. So I'm glad I get a chance to speak again. I'm going to hit you guys with three names. Barack Obama, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, Anissa. What do they have in common? A sick book set up on Zoom. So unlike Barack's, Anissa's wasn't filled to the brim. And, but she had books and she was literally the only person on the entire reunion show who was sitting in front of Brooke, books, which I thought was a great metaphor for, for the show in its entirety. And I just started thinking, I really want to know what Anissa is reading. So is she a memoir person? Is she super into like sci-fi or other, other types of fiction? Maybe after dealing with Nani shit for an entire season, she's now like really big into Nietzsche. She keeps wearing that uh, Star of David. Maybe she has like a copy of the Torah from her bat mitzvah. I have no idea, but sitting in front of books on a Zoom call is a certified flex. So I noticed that right away and she really stood out to me. No, I completely agree. So she was in a reading corner for sure. We have seen Anissa's setup on her MTV commercials and where she was located was the part that was not in those commercials. It was literally right outside of them. And I cannot imagine that she has sci-fi or Nietzsche in that corner at all. She definitely has a bunch of like self-help books or like a bunch of pop fiction, things like that. But she has a lot of them. I have to say, there was a lot of books there. She should lend some of the self-help books to Nani. I think she could really use them. <laughs> all right, Cindy, you're next. So the one that stood out to me was bananas. And I guess when you win half a million dollars, you can decorate your whole entire house with your own swag and your own brand. So the first thing I noticed was the bananas picture right behind him. But then there was also a fishbowl on the little cabinet there that was from the real world. So I picture his whole entire house is just all MTV branded. Whatever show he's been on is all over his house. So Bananas, we, we've been watching a lot of prior seasons in this quarantine, and Bananas had a banana shirt very early. Like eight years ago, he had a banana shirt. So I imagine that he had that Bananas like painting behind him eight years ago, like immediately. 20, 2011, 2012, he was already 
all in on Johnny Bananas the brand. That's insane. All right, Trevor, what do you got? Yeah, so when I first saw everyone log on, I immediately texted the group and said, Casey and Josh's background is fake. And I just assumed that because I have a general idea that Casey probably lives downtown San Diego. I thought there's no way she has like a $5 million condo. And that was very foolish of me. I was quickly corrected that that's probably Josh's parents' crib in Florida. So I still think that that is the best setup because not that it's a jaw-dropping environment to be in some massive Florida McMansion, but I think if you are Josh, you have like the ultimate doting mother that can't let you go six minutes without asking you like, do you need anything? Blah, 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 blah. And she's just constantly catering to you. So I'm picturing Casey goes to visit Josh. Hey, we have the reunion. Let's get together for it. I'll come down to Florida and visit you. And she's spending maybe four days there. And Josh's mom is treating her like the queen she is the entire time. So that's, that's got to be Casey and Josh for me because of my grand assumptions of what Josh's mom is like. It was even perfect because they were sharing a set of exactly. AirPods. They each had one yeah. AirPod. Uh, <laughs> so mom was to their every need except getting them an 100%. extra pair She was probably in line at the Apple store that was closed for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I have two questions. The first one is, how, how was Josh's mom feeling this entire reunion setup, not being able to cater to them? Like being just outside of the camera setup and not being able to come in and give them like, I don't know, scones. So, so much like racist D uh, gave the editing team a lot of extra work this season. Josh's mom gave them even more because she interrupted multiple takes just to bring in random snacks. Um, she was really a challenge, but the intention was at least good. So at the end of the day, you can't falter for that. I imagine, I imagine she's doing makeup in between questions too. Like she's out there just making sure Josh looks great and hitting Casey a little bit too. He's not shiny. My exactly. baby's still single. He's got to look good for sure. Yep. So my other question is, is actually very important. So Fessy was down there for sure. So it was Fessy, Casey, and Josh that were hanging out fishing. How much did Josh's mom have to cook to make up for Fessy being there? I, so normally I think when she goes to Costco on Sundays, she gets like six pounds of chicken breast and Josh gave her the heads up to get 18 pounds that week. So she was, she bought a couple extra crock pots. She was just doing everything she could like shredded chicken. Um, she had the little, the, the grill going outside for grilled chicken, just honestly, just trying to, trying to feed that man. Um, it's a constant, constant battle to try to keep that machine full. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Pat, what do you got? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm shocked the doting mom was not targeted at me because, uh, if, if I'm sure the audience isn't aware, but, uh, at age 32, I had my father move me into Trevor's apartment with his <laughs> wife. So really, really killing it out here. I did hit a deer. So my car is dead, but Honestly, I probably would ask my dad for help anyway. But moral of the story is she uh, packed food for me because of course she did. And she had sandwiches that were literally labeled, eat this one first, eat this one second. <laughs> that and is so cute. That is adorable. 
And what I had for dinner was salmon cakes that she also put in there. And wow, they were really good. So thanks, mom. Those were amazing. I texted her already, but just wanted to give her props on the pod. So I, I think the answer is bananas. Bananas and Wes had production quality setups. Like they were in HD. They were coming through my TV. But I will also give a shout out to Nani. Nani's setup was amazing. She was glowing. Uh, you could see the tears in real time. It was incredible. Um, just that that lighting was spectacular. So I, I'd like to give her a shout out as well. Can I say one thing? Wes was my honorable mention, so I'm glad you brought him up. How happy was he to have an opportunity to show the world his theater room? Like that was <laughs> oh the most... God. That was the most Kansas City shit I've seen in my entire life. Like that guy got a little bit of money. And the first thing he, he did was take his basement and convert it into a theater room. And he had to show everybody the flat screen. Like there was no way his backdrop could be anything but that like flat screen in the beautiful furniture he created just for his TV. So I'm glad the, the theater room got its moment of, of shine tonight. Absolutely. And the, the one instruction I gave everybody was that they could not pick Corey because Corey refused to make the bed that he was sitting on before he went on national TV. It wasn't even like ridiculously like a skew. It was just a normal bed that he could have fluffed the pillows a little bit, made sure that the quilt was all the way up. There was not a lot that had to be to, to make that make the bed, but he could not handle it. Absolutely could not. He's just like, this is where I live, this is where I am, whatever. Like I'll be, I'll be charming on my own. All right, Cindy, what do you got? Uh, real quick, I made my air mattress in Trevor's apartment this morning, and it looks better <laughs> than he did for a nationally televised TV show. So I, I think you're completely right. But Cindy, go. All right. So then we kicked off the episode talking with Melissa, and we got into who could possibly be Melissa's baby daddy. And apparently, there were rumors that it was potentially Kyle maybe started by bananas because they were hooking up in the house. And after denying it, we saw a secret footage of Kyle getting his hand up in Melissa's shirt a little bit, them cuddling in bed and, you know, maybe some hanky panky, who knows. But my question for you guys is, which castmate does MTV have the most blackmailable footage of? And we're gonna start off with Justin. This is a really good question. I, I think for this season alone, I think it's going to be Nelson because I think, I honestly think that Nelson went the most crazy. Like he wasn't able to handle the bunker the most. So I think he has a lot of footage where he just is not interacting with a lot of the castmates very well. I think he's extremely mad. I think he's just upset that he's in this bunker and nobody can see his fits at all so he's probably just upset he's just lashing out at people all the time and he's not having it having a good time at all yeah I could definitely see that after him blowing up at both Kayla and Anissa after the challenges like we talked about he had a little bit of a redemption as the season went on but I'm sure there was some footage to pick through of Nelson all right Trevor you're next yeah, so, you know, this is truly my second season of the challenge. And the only thing I can think of here is I think it's got to be CT because I'm picturing a lot of early age CT. I think it's a little more rough around the edges back in the day from what I've gathered. And I can imagine him kind of murmuring some things that 
really don't age well. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to turn this a little too dark, but he kind of comes off as like working class Boston guy. Uh, and I think CT has really developed into a great guy, but I don't know how kindly 2020 CT would take to 2010 CT. So I'm going to say CT is hoping a lot of content stays locked up in the Viacom archive room. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely see that. Like Justin said, we've been watching a bunch of early CT and he definitely does some pretty shitty things, but I'm hoping dad bod CT has matured a little bit and maybe can keep those just, we call it in our thought bubble instead of coming out of our mouth. But <laughs> all right, next up we have Pat. Yeah. So I was, <laughs> so I was also thinking CT <laughs> exactly what Trevor just said. Uh, per Cindy and Justin, uh, I've also been watching a lot of the challenge, uh, the previous seasons and young CT while an absolute physical specimen, uh, also a dick and probably was thinking some bad things. I'm going to say just pure volume though is bananas I mean, that guy spent his life on reality TV and you could probably do a, a 20 episode special of him doing dumb shit on the challenge. So um, he, I mean, he's been saying it too. Like I grew up on the show. I've made mistakes on the show, but he, he's got plenty of, uh, plenty of things he, he probably doesn't remember fondly uh, in, in the archives. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Justin brought up bananas too. And I'm sure they just have so much content to choose from for bananas that they get to pick and choose how he's kind of portrayed throughout the season. All right, Zach, bring it home. Okay, so I decided to stick within just this season uh, to make it a little easier because I think the answer, if we're going back in time, is literally every single person on the show for a period of 10 years. <laughs> and it was, just, it was just a different time. And we don't need to get into those stories. So uh, as far as blackmail, an element of blackmail that I think we may be overlooking is that the person has to be embarrassed by whatever the information is. So Bear probably doesn't give a shit about anything. I don't think Kyle cares. I think a lot of the people who are mixing it up are just like, eh, I'm just kind of a psycho and that is what it is. You know who does care a lot is Nani. And Nani's problem is her alcohol to embarrassment ratio is about one to one. So she's out there drinking, blacking out, trying to hit on people with girlfriends, trying to hit on people with boyfriends, pushing her friends, pushing her enemies. There's got to be a lot of stuff on tape of Nani that, you know, would, would cause her to be severely emotional uh, beyond the severe emotions that she produces on a regular basis. So if I had to pick anybody from this year's cast who uh, MTV could secure a pretty fat ransom from, I think it's Nani. We definitely saw that she was embarrassed by even the footage she know, knew about her and Anissa and their whole spat at the bar, like they've talked about it, they said before this episode, but yet she still got really upset bringing it up again. So I think that's a great point about blackmail. They have to actually care about people seeing this side of them. Who storms off from a Zoom reunion show? You're like in your own room. There's no, there's no reason to Where do that. Go? Like, go on <laughs> mute. Point. I can just shut my laptop. Yeah, she went yeah. to one of three rooms. She like, it took her like forever to like get the ear, the earpiece out. And like ran off like, ah, I'm going to go to the living room, which is the only place that I can go to. 
Can I say one thing about earpieces as well that I don't think there's a good good way for me to bring this up, but every time Jenna spoke, she put her finger to her earpiece like she was a weatherman or a meteorologist or weather woman, I should say, out there in the middle of like a category four hurricane where she's like, uh, Vernon, I can't hear you. It's a pretty gusty, but uh, Zach was being really abusive all season. It's oh, actually Zach true. hiding under the bed, telling her exactly what to say. Oh, no, That's no. why he was plugging Damn. his ears and putting his mouth down. He was in her earpiece. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, we went there. All right, Pat, I'm handing over the host mic to you. Thank you very much. I'd like to start off with, yeah, fuck uh, that Zach. Not our Zach. Our Zach is great. That Zach absolutely sucks. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so my question, uh, the genesis was, we're looking at Nelson again, and we've been lauding Nelson's style the entire, entire season. He, he's been absolute fire flames. Everything he's been wearing has been on point, statement outfits nonstop. And once again, on the reunion, just looked incredible. Um, the, the button down, the turquoise, it, it was all over the place and amazing. So... My question is, um, outside of Nelson, because uh, that'd be an easy layup and none of us can pull off whatever he's wearing. So outside of Nelson, uh, Zach, especially not you, uh, who, who would you want to be your stylist of the castmates? And so, Cindy, um, outside of Trevor, who also has style, you also have style. Zach, Justin, I do not. So, Cindy, I'm going to you first. So I'm going to go... I'm going to twist this a little bit. I'm going to pick TJ's stylist. I don't think he's dressing himself unless it's his like skater boy BMX shirts and his hats, but all season long, he had the best coats and asked Justin, I have a closet full of coats because I'm obsessed with them. And so whoever TJ stylist is, I need them in my life. So I can also have even better coats than I already have. That's a that's an extremely Midwest answer with the I have a ton of coats. I just moved out of my apartment and I also have a ton of coats. So, yes, way, way too many. Justin, what do you got? All right. So my my pick is old bananas. It's this version of literally the six month version of bananas that we are looking at right now, because he has found a way to intertwine with my style and my lifestyle even though he's probably like what like like nine years older than me at this point so he he's wearing cardigans he's looking very suave he's looking great and i think that i could use that sensibility in my wardrobe if he could take one minute and just get rid of all the bananas branded swag that he has in his wardrobe at all like he the only thing he wears underneath his cardigan are his banana t-shirts and i need him to get rid of that for one second and just help me out and get find a, a, a place in his heart for me to have those cardigans that he has without having those t-shirts that's what it is the cardigans are fire i've also noticed the cardigans i don't know if i could pull Justin. i've seen you pull off a cardigan i'm a cardigan yeah, you are a cardigan guy. Yeah, it's JB one night. JB looks great in a cardigan. Uh, I I do not. Uh, however, we are all about to be on the receiving end of a bananas t-shirt uh, via Zach. Thank you, Zach. So excited for that. So we you will have a chance to wear one underneath that. But and I will do that. 
understandable that that you would want maybe something a little a little nicer. But Bananas' glow up from early seasons to his sophisticated look now is incredible. I'm gonna say, Pat, you could probably pull off a nice little like shawl neck cardigan, open Definitely. open sweater. Definitely, you could do it. Thank you very much. We'll uh, up with one in Chicago. We'll not, go shopping. Not right now. <laughs> Not right now. You need to get a haircut first, and then after that, you can do that. That's fair. We'll, we'll take this offline. Cindy, you will be my stylist since I don't get to answer this question. Uh, Zach. So, uh, Zach is a black t-shirt, jeans. Uh, he's literally, we've made the joke, he's just got the cartoon closet. It's just all the same outfit. So, Zach, if, if you want a little, a little additional style in your life, because that's a classic look, but if you want a, some additional style, who would you go with? How about if I want less style than I currently have? Because that's the Love direction it. I'm heading. And listen, you you teed this up very well. I'm turning 30 in a few weeks. I don't have much style. I'm not that cool of a guy. So it would be irresponsible of me, of course, to select Nelson, as you said, but even some of the other guys in the house who uh, may dress with some flares, like a bear or a Kyle or a Rogan. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for me to try to even pull that stuff off. So it's hard for me to come up with this. And then I was thinking, I live in Portland now. And the uniform of people in Portland uh, is to wear your Nike Pegasus is with jeans and a Columbia or a Patagonia jacket, even when it's the summertime, because people need to know that you like to hike. And the only person in the house who can really pull that off is Jay. I mean, Jay's a climber boy. He's not cool. He has zero style. His, his hair, like, couldn't get a haircut before he went on the challenge for some reason. A hair you know, dye for sure. Oh, yeah. His hair was dyed for the reunion <laughs> show. I guess I, should, I guess I should bite my tongue. I'm just going off of the uh, historic footage, I should say. But, yeah, anyway, I think if I, I needed to pick someone to be my stylist, it would be Jay because it would allow me to uh, fit into my, my new home much better. I think that's smart. You don't, you don't want to rock the boat in Portland. You want to keep it, keep it on point, especially right, especially right now for sure. Um, so finally we're going to finish with Trevor. Uh, Trevor has taught us everything we know about denim among other style trends. So I'm super interested with who Trevor's going to go with. Yeah. So I'm going to be super self-serving here. And I think that's going to be a huge shock to absolutely nobody. Um, (laughs) I am picking someone who lived in a town uh, where I used to regularly wear chacos to work. So maybe I wasn't a fashion icon when I lived in Nash Vegas, Uh, but that is home to Maddie. Um, And the reason I'm picking Maddie is not because I think she has exceptional style, but I think 2020 Maddie is on a journey to let each live their own truth. So I think I could literally put on, a burlap sack, or I could put on a well-tailored suit, or I could put on a white t-shirt and jeans, and Maddie would give me the ultimate thumbs up and encouragement that I was owning my own style. So I've got to go with Maddie here. I just think that she's sort of on a little you-do-you phase of her life. I, I, I respect that. that You kind of turned it on its head there. Who's going to make you feel the best about your style? Trevor, you have excellent style, so you wouldn't have to worry about it. But I, I, it's always, anytime you walk out the door, you want good vibes. So I, yeah. I certainly understand that. Yeah, she's definitely not going to like be like, oh, Trevor, you look like shit. She's going to be yeah. like, oh, no, that's, that's a great choice that you made today, no matter what you did. She's going to take you to the gas station a little bit. That's what I think. Just gas you up. Yeah. 
All right, Trevor, with that, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kicking it over to you for, for your question. Yeah. So I think we've had some pretty, we've been pretty vocal this entire season on, we have the numbers that we had an inkling that Melissa was a, a tad bit preggers. You know, we didn't know if the conception happened in the porta potty at the hangar bar, maybe on the St. Charles bridge in Prague, maybe at my old haunt, Grossetti's pizzeria. But we did know that some swimmers found some success uh, inside of Melissa before being casted on, on this season. Uh, I think we found out that those swimmers found their success four months before she was actively competing. So there was something living inside Melissa, a four-month-old fetus while she was potentially going to a hall brawl. And let's flip the script here. Let's say that my fellow co-hosts here are that four-month-old four fetus. And then five months after filming's done, you pop out, you enter the world. 15 years down the road, you know, you're, you're in on MTV and you're re-watching this season. You know, who do you most want to be your mother or father on this season, you know, after filming ends? So you're living under the, 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 the roof of one of these contestants. Who do you want it to be as a 15-year-old? And I'm going to start with my new roommate, Pat, because my next roommate will probably be a child. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> First of all, that was a, that was a journey through pregnancy that I've, I've, that's not how I learned about it when I was like 10 or 11 or whatever. So also I now realize I'm in the crib room, which is especially weird. <laughs> oh God. I never put a timeline on it. It could be. Um, texting cat immediately after this. Um, so I, this is, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't like script this answer. I, I fell in love with bananas this season. Uh, the, the guy is electric. I think he'd be a funny and caring father. Hopefully. No, I, I do believe that. And he's, you know, got some quiche to, to take care of me. I'd probably get a trampoline and a pool and all that cool shit. Um, but he, you know what, he's very soon riding off in the sunset. He's going to have some kids. I think he'd make a great father. I think he'd be entertaining as hell. So I'm, I'm taking bananas. That, that's a great answer. I think bananas is going to be a father that you, you probably have to be an ex, like an, um, an extrovert to be a, a happy child of his, cause he's going to get you all the toys you want, but it's probably going to try to get a little content off. Um, but that's for you. That's, a, that's definitely a fitting answer. Um, so our next, next answer, I want to come from our new uncle here, our cool uncle, cool uncle, Zach, cool uncle, Zach, Pat, you would be a great Instagram baby, by the way. Like you would, your, 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 uh, page would have a, like a million followers before 100%. you were two. Thanks man. You're welcome. All right. So here's my thing is I first, again, mm -hmm. want to give credit to Marissa because it's pretty insane that she competed in the challenge, four months pregnant. They put her at altitude for the, for the finale, for TJ's final, excuse me. Um, that's a critical error to not call it TJ's final. Uh, but yeah, you know, we saw her throughout the season. She was partying. She was physical. She was getting angry. Um, it made me a little nervous. So I think if I was a four-month-old fetus, I would prefer not to be 
with a woman who was pregnant with me on the challenge because I feel like my life could potentially be at risk. So that's no offense to, to the women at all. It's just I'm, I'm really looking out for my own uh, cognitive development above anything else. So with that in mind, hands down, the answer has to be Corey. So Cindy has pointed this out many times, but Corey literally could not stop talking about how much he was playing for his kid and his soon-to-be-born kid. And that dude loves his kids more than I love anything in the world, earmuffs Marissa. So if I was four months in utero, I want to know for sure that when I'm emerging, I'm coming out to a loving parent who is there for me. Maybe there's like a, a really fat college fund in place uh, if my, my parent theoretically Won the final, which Corey did not, but he was close. So anyway, uh, I think Corey is the slam dunk answer, especially given how often he spoke about children on this season. So the, the, the one thing I want to say is that you, uh, you kept saying Marissa instead of Melissa. And it makes me feel like you are just ready to have a child. It, it, it could have been Melissa, not untrue. It, it did sound like Marissa. So I, you know... All right, uh, I, I plead the fifth because I don't remember any of this. I just, I, I just, it just, it just, it just happened. So I plead the fifth. If I mixed up names, uh, I apologize to both my wife and to Melissa. But yeah, okay, guilty. Kyle. guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So you know, there is someone on this show that has has been a a parent figure for a lot of children these days. So I'm looking forward to hearing the answer from our resident uh, veteran teacher, Cindy. So I'm going to have to go with a more obvious answer. And when I think of a very motherly person, the first person that comes to mind is Anissa. And Anissa is kind of a caretaker. And even though things got kind of shitty at the bar, she was really, I think she was looking out for Nani from a good place she's kind of that caretaker, but also she's been on the challenge. She's seen something, she's lived her life. So I think she's got a lot of life experiences. She's ready to like be done with that part and settle down now. So I would think Anissa would be a very good mother. I think that's a good call. I think Anissa's kind of maybe she's either the person that has the kid a little later in life and, you know, becomes the parent that's also counseling other kids on sort of things that maybe they're not comfortable talking to their parents about. So I think that's a, that's a really strong answer. Um, now, Justin, who, who do you have here in this situation? And so, it can't be someone that's going to coach you on like your swing or some shit like that. Honestly, <laughs> you might be able to. Anyway, my choice, thankfully, Cindy took Anissa, or was, I was going to have to take her was uh, Casey. So Casey is, the most chill person in the house. She's somebody who I could see being a very stable guiding light through an adolescence. Somebody who's like being like, it's okay. Whatever happens, we'll make sure that you get through this. She's somebody who has not like, she's not like put up any, uh, she's not throwing up any fires within the house. She's, been very stable the whole time and I think that she would be an incredible mother for anybody and push them a little bit but not make them feel as though they don't uh belong you know whatever situation they are they find themselves in 
Yeah. I mean, it goes without saying we are a pro Casey podcast and parenting is one thing that I think she's probably somewhat of a parent to all her siblings, friends, maybe a child someday, but hundred percent. So I hope that didn't go too far off the rails. I will now hand the reins over to our rightful and experienced host, Zach, for his segment. All right. I just want to say, first of all, you guys did an excellent job. So I was wonderful. It feels very weird to speak as little as I've spoken throughout the course of this podcast. Um, But with that in mind, it means that I have a lot of pent up thoughts. And this question is rooted in a lot of that, that pent up emotion. So as you guys know, and as our listeners know a bit from last week, I was really disappointed with TJ's final. The editing was weird. Challenge social media was just completely lit up over the course of the week with all of these rumors about why that why it was cut so poorly, why some alleged scenes didn't make its way to the final, whatever. And I thought it was, quite frankly, it was pretty boring. I thought the season kind of uh, had a lot more potential than what actually unfolded. Part of it is D's fault. Don't be a racist and the season won't get cut like that. Uh, and then this reunion show was also very, very underwhelming to me, at least the first part. The only thing that was interesting was Melissa and Kyle. I would have loved for Zach to explain the text messages he saw from Jenna. He couldn't probably because they were nothing and he was just being very possessive. So anyway, now that I'm off that soapbox, I am an optimist. And I believe that the challenge can return to its rightful state as the best show on television, at least the best show on Wednesday nights. We'll, we'll, we'll start there and we'll go, we'll go on television at a later time. So what I want you guys to do is put on your fan fiction hats. So you have carte blanche to write whatever you want for next season. So give me your elevator pitch for what a perfect season looks like the next time around. Justin, I know you've been thinking about this, especially with all the past seasons you've been watching. Yeah, there's there's two things that I think right away, without even rewriting the seasons, that are important. First off is the Red Skull bit is just not good. It, It got rid of a lot of drama Everybody, there was no like alliances that had to form. People just threw everybody in because it was their time. But you could have thrown in a bunch of people without that bit. And then second is get rid of the bunker because everybody was depressed. We need to get everybody out of the bunker. I don't care where they go, but they need to see sunlight, even a little bit. That's all I want to see. But third. The, the one the, the, the bit that I want to see is I want to see like people mix it up. So we've been watching a bunch of old seasons and I want to see like a rivals type of season where there are a bunch of seasons where there wasn't overlap, where you see people that don't like each other have to get paired up and it breaks up this uh, alliance that we see. So there's been a bunch of alliances the past three seasons that have been stuck together. And I think they put these rival seasons together for that reason. So like something like Corey Fessy Nelson will be stuck to stuck in a season where they are aligned with somebody that they hate, like bananas and Corey, where they're, they actually have to go against somebody that they like. So like Corey would be with, with bananas and has to go against Nelson. I want to see something like that. That's, that's something that I want to see next season. We definitely need more forced drama. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it felt 
very uh, like kumbaya for a lot of this season. People were just throwing in the prospects early on, like Jay and Asaf, only because they didn't want to step on anybody else's toes. And you're right, the seasons where you don't have the luxury of doing that are the best ones because people actually play the game more. And then with regards to the bunker, I agree. Things are a little better when when there's a festive mood or at least the ability to have a festive mood. So there's a pool, there's some day drinking, like people are out and socializing. The bunker was just too businesslike, I think, for for most of us. So yeah, and it seems like Justin, the, uh, the castmates on social media share that opinion quite a bit. So good suggestions. Pat, what else would you do? Or what would you do differently? Yeah, I... I- Justin's answer was basically perfect. I, I would do all those things. I would get him out of the bunker. I would certainly try and create some rivalries. Justin, once again, just killing it with your answers. We agree most of the time. Um, the way I envision it is it's a fantasy draft. You have captains. It's bananas. It's West. It's bananas in CT. You get everybody out there and you draft people. And then you have to vote your own team in. So you draft the people you like, but then you have to backstab them to put them into the challenger or where the elimination. And so that's plenty of forced drama. Plus you get like these team cohesions. And when you lose, you get super pissed at the people on your own team that you drafted. Um, So I, in my opinion, I think that would kind of alleviate all of it, but please put them on an island with some alcohol too, where we can get some relationships and some more fun that could certainly alleviate it. But yeah, the Red Skull thing was tough, but I think a fantasy draft, I'm probably just praying for sports at this point, but I think that would be a a pretty rowdy to start the season. TJ is just like, all right, pick, go. I love it. I, I like truly love that idea. It's kind of a mix of like a playground style draft, like you said, but then also has elements of survivor where you're on your own like tribe. And then you, and then if you lose, you have to vote out a member of your own tribe. I think that's great. Good job, Pat. I would 100% watch that season. And I think it would be more entertaining than things we've had in the past. Good work. Trevor, Thanks. what would you do? Yeah. So forgive me if this has been done before. Um, but I think that there is an element of, maybe bringing them back for a, like a live final I'd be interested in seeing. So, you know, I know that obviously this is filmed probably about, you know, five months before it airs, but if there's a way you could do a live final in front of a live audience, I think that would be really cool. And you could do it in a lot of places. You know, many folks know that I used to live in a city deep in the heart of central Texas. There's a lot of different things you could do there. You could have TJ end the season and say, you all are in the final. There's going to be elements of swimming. I don't know, eating raw eggs and running in 105 degree heat. You'll figure out where you're going. Like, and then that week you send them to Austin, Texas, and they do like a live thing. And the, the champion is crowned in front of a crowd. I think that would be really fun. It would be sort of a hybrid between you know, whatever ninja warrior and, and what they're doing now. Um, and it would give people a little bridge to do some live social on their training for what they think the challenge is going to look like and also give people a more interactive experience. But I don't know if they've ever done anything like that. And maybe it's blown up and been a massive disaster. Um, you obviously can't edit that into a 90 minute show, but it would be cool if you have a really, really solid group of physical contenders just to see what they could do live. 
My man Trevor has been really uh, inspired by the Bachelor Live Finals. He he loved Barb. Exactly. He wants he wants more of that drama in front of the studio audience of ninety nine percent women and like one or two uh, boyfriends or husbands. Who, yeah, and, and Trevor, honestly, uh, yeah. I I wonder too what the footage looks like if it's not edited. I think that the last point you made is certainly one to consider. Where it's like, are they that entertaining if you can't splice it together? I guess. Initially, I would have been like 100%. You could pull that off. But given the finished product that we saw in TJ's final, I'd be a little worried about how that would play out in front of a studio audience. But I love that creativity and they should definitely give it a shot. In my opinion, it can't be worse than what we just saw. So that's... There's no hiding a massive blowout if that's what it is. I mean, if it's a 90-minute race and someone like Jenny is ahead of other folks by 15 minutes it's going to be pretty terrible to watch, but yeah, maybe you could orchestrate it to be, to be a little closer than that. Yeah. Very true. All right, Cindy, what would you do differently? Finish this out. I think a lot of the points I was thinking of have been mentioned already. Um, but one thing that really comes to mind is we definitely need a pool. I think a lot happens in and around the pool. So we need that for more drama, but also more like controversial, explosive people like, Turbo and Theo, I remember them from like more recent seasons. Just people that are going to like instigate fights for no reason at all. Like CT was that guy back in the day, but I think he's just like, it's not worth it anymore. So we need more people that are going to kind of like instigate fights over stupid little things so that we can have more of that drama. The people like Ashley was out really early. Bear was out really early this season. So I think we were just left with like Jenny and Casey and like those nicer people that just made for not great TV. Um, and then finally, I think a final that takes place in a warm, anywhere warm again. Um, we kind of found out that snow sucks, but also like the heat throws in this whole other element to everything. And so like watching past finals, you know, the heat is kind of a bit of an equalizer as well. Like random people are getting sick for no reason. And we watched one where two people from the same team just had to be taken to the hospital for heat exhaustion kind of thing. Not that I want to see anyone die, but or, I think, or throw up on camera or throw up on camera. Yes. But I don't know. Austin, Texas, maybe that if Jenny gets a 15 minute head start and then gets heat exhaustion, there's your, there's your loop. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to take it a step further. What if we did a challenge that was really hard, but the like weather conditions didn't ruin your life. So it was actually like, everybody's just competing at really hard things. And the person that's the best at those wins versus the person who's able to withstand negative 30 degrees and 9,000 feet. Or like you said, the person who grew up in Florida, shout out me and is used to hundred percent humidity, shout out, not me and can get through a final without completely melting down. Uh, I'm so, okay. So, sorry. So, so you want Rob Deerdeck's fantasy factory to host the challenge final? <laughs> Correct. Honestly, the here. So next season's final is they get locked in a room. This is similar to what Pat Tazing was at his frat. They get locked in a room and Don't you are on the internet. Sorry. You're, you're, oh yes. You're not allowed to sleep <laughs> and you have to watch 96 consecutive hours of ridiculousness. <laughs> at a very high volume. <laughs> and then there's a test, there's a test at the end. And if you don't pass the test, you have to do it all over again. So, oh um, yeah, I have two more actual suggestions or maybe three. So the, the first suggestion, and this has been floated by Mark, who's an old cast member who's been around still in really good shape. He's got Darrell and Derek backing him up. This idea. Boat. Yeah. 
he looks amazing. They all look amazing. Roids can go very far when you're in your forties. Anyway, uh, they, they're, they're pushing for this OGs versus new school uh, idea. And I love that concept. I think that could be very good. The second thing I would do, why don't we take away the automatic expulsion for physical contact? Why doesn't everybody get like one punch? Like you got, you got one punch, you put your hands on somebody, as long as the damage isn't too severe, maybe you go stay at a hotel for a night. They used to do that. They used to like give them some time to cool off and bring them back in. I feel like we've lost a bit of that edginess. And listen, I, I'm, I'm not for hate speech at all. That should go away. But if you guys want to, you know, fight it out, I wouldn't do it, but I'm all for watching it a hundred, a hundred percent. Uh, and then the third thing is kind of related, which is I want more physical challenges and physical eliminations. Justin and Cindy just got to the, the historic choo-choo scene with CT. They've seen the backpacking. We love hall brawl. We love pole wrestle. Those go so much harder than like Swaggy and Corey spinning on a wall or tying a knot around an old car. Nobody likes those. So I think there should be the expectation that the challenge is a physical event they're going to be physical people. If they get a little physical in their extracurricular activities, it's okay. I'd love to see some of the old heads come back in and compete with the new school guys. And wait until Zach finds out about hockey. It's going to blow <laughs> his mind. <laughs> I agree with your last point, Zach. I was just going to say that like, I miss the complete meltdowns before a challenge because they're so terrifying or like someone doesn't want to drop 50 feet into the water again. And I think that we just really missed that this season when they're like driving cars sideways, like visually the challenges were pretty cool, but like no one was scared. And a lot of them didn't really require any like physical ability. They, they also in prior challenges, they let them hit each other a little bit, just like a little bit, not like a ton, but they let them get away with like slapping each other or hitting each other just like because they were mad at, at each other. So the lawyers have gotten in the way. <laughs> at Noah, how do we fix this? Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm saying. This is uh, this is this is a problem with America's lawyers are always too involved. Did you guys enjoy that rotating host thing? I sure did. Loved it. Good. That's it for us tonight. As I said at the very beginning of the episode, we are coming back to you next week with what should be our season finale. I can't make any promises. We love doing this so much. And next week we will be doing our awards show. So we will be picking awards awarding them to castmates, awarding them to inanimate objects, maybe even to Frank. He definitely deserves one as the stunt car driver. We can't forget about him. Who knows who will get an award? It's our first time doing it. But as always, thank you so much for listening and for staying with us all season. We've had an absolute blast. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't yet so you can catch our final episode next week. And until then, we hope you have a great week. See ya.